Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome to 2018. Happy New Year to everyone. And I am excited because we get to kick off the new year, our first episode with Doctor of Physical Therapy, Jen Esker. So if you do not know Jen, she graduated with her MS in kinesiology and was accepted into Loma Linda University, where where she received her Doctor of Physical Therapy degree. She accepted a job at Vert Sports Therapy and Rehab in beautiful Santa Monica, California, and has worked with amazing individuals who have aided in the expansion of her knowledge of the body. She studied myo-detox directly under co-founder Vin Palm, has taken rock tape course with the movement maestro herself, and learned from many other professionals in the rehab game. And she is now stepping into the next chapter of her career as a private sports therapist, creating programs, hosting workshops, and treating one-on-one for a more direct and precise experience. Her mission is to heal the world, and the best way that she can do that is through empowering people to learn how to heal yourself. Becoming educated on what's going on with the body is the most powerful piece of knowledge for establishing health and longevity for a pain-free and active lifestyle. So if you're not following her on Instagram, she is at DocGenFit, and this podcast comes out at the perfect time because she is doing a seven-day free mobility challenge. So head over to Instagram or to her website. All the links are over at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com under this episode, or just look up DocGenFit. And make sure you start taking her seven-day mobility challenge. It's all about moving your body, making yourself more mobile, and grateful for the body that you're in. It's a great program. I have signed up for it, so everyone, please join me. So in this episode, we talk about exactly how she built up her Instagram following of, she's now close to 400,000 people, which is amazing, amazing. I think it's a great example for how physical therapists can put their best foot forward to the public. A lot of times we tend to stay siloed in our, uh, our own little physical therapy silo or bubble. And she is out there, she's putting herself out there, and she tells us exactly how she had a six-figure launch of her online program. And I mean everything from the apps she uses for Instagram to the back end of how she built out her seven-day challenges and how she built out her program, exactly what she used, all the platforms. It was great. So something that's really important, I think, here is she did all of this with zero mailing list. I don't understand how it's possible, but needless to say, she's got a great mailing list now. So without further ado, I want to thank Jen so much for coming on and being the first guest of 2018. There is so much in this episode. Be ready to take notes. Like I said, go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. Under this episode, we have all the links that she mentioned for all the different apps and backend things that she uses to make her launch successful. So big thanks to Jen. She's awesome. I think we talked for like three hours. 
I'm pretty sure we recorded the podcast. Um, and everyone enjoy and happy 2018. Hey, Jen, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. So now everybody knows you're a PT. We talked about that in the intro, but can you fill in some of the blanks as to kind of how you got to where you are? Yeah, I guess I've used my social media platform, luckily, to kind of create what I've been doing, which is now becoming an independent physical therapist and learning online marketing to reach a broader audience. And how did you go about building up such a robust social media platform? So I really, I did get lucky in the very beginning because I found a calisthenic um, page when I was in PT school and I would tag them and then he reached out to me and he was like, oh, we all get together in Venice uh, like every two Sundays a month or something. And so I came out on a Sunday, met them all. He was, everyone was so incredibly nice. And then he started posting anyone who was in the calisthenic community. And this being three and a half years ago, or however, yeah, I think it was like three and a half years ago, Instagram was not the platform that it is today. So if he started posting me, I automatically started getting followers. And then from there, it just continued to grow as like this fitness background. And no one even knew that I was a physical therapist or really in school. Like some people could, like I talked about it and some people were following my journey, but it was more about like my fitness journey getting into calisthenics, what that looks like, competing in calisthenics, discovering acro yoga. And so it was just about fitness. And then I graduated and I had about 100,000 followers and I just kind of didn't care about it. And then it wasn't until a friend, you know, kind of motivated me to start posting more educational stuff and use my knowledge that I have to start to talk to my audience in that way. And so once I started doing that, that is where it really took off. And it, which made me so appreciative that people were actually wanting to learn now and they wanted to be educated and they wanted to know about the body. So yeah, I grew a hundred thousand back in the day, but that was not, that was without even really trying. And then once I started posting educational stuff and really made that like my focus of my Instagram I grew almost 300,000 followers within a year. Which is pretty amazing. And now, can I just say that 100,000 without trying is pretty damn good. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I would also like to say that I don't know that you got lucky. I think you were strategic. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know that I would say, oh, I just got lucky because I met these people. You didn't have yeah. to go to- I to did not have to. Them. You didn't have to put yourself out there. So I think it's not that you got lucky. I think you put yourself out there with the right people at the right time. Yes, I did. And I guess I was strategic in the sense of like, once I started to see that people were catching on and starting to follow me, I started to gear it toward that where I wasn't, it wasn't a personal page anymore. It was about specifically posting my journey and making sure I was posting every day and kind of, and then falling into the yogi category a little bit because I was upside down. I started hosting challenges with yogis. So it was strategic in a sense of like knowing my audience, knowing what they wanted and knowing what to post. Yeah. So that is basically the definition of having a strategy. Yes. So, <laughs> so let's say there are people out there who don't have 
a lot of followers on mm-hmm. Instagram and they're trying to really build this up. So you've already said be kind of strategic with people that maybe you meet or you partner with, mm-hmm. put out good content, know mm-hmm. your audience, know what they want to hear. What else can people do to help to build this uh, platform? Yeah, I mean, it really is you just have to look at it as a pure marketing tool where it's what's going to be the catchiest, the prettiest, the most entertaining that people are going to want to see. So you could put out something that's super educational, but if you're just talking and it looks boring and, or it has a filter over it, like filters I think are the worst. They make, it makes it look trashy. It makes it look personal. Um, it just, you know, it, it isn't as nice looking. You want people to be able to come to you. It looks professional. It looks engaging. It looks like something people want to see. And honestly, it, it just, what started to help me was doing the half anatomy picture and half video. And that anatomy picture, it was purely like, it was like a billboard of people just to catch your eye and be like, oh, I have pain right there. That is exactly what I need to watch this video because that's exactly what I have. You know, and it wasn't even about, it. maybe it didn't even have to do with that photo, but it, you know, was kind of similar. And so it was just purely to get people to look. And that's what you have to do. It's like, what is going to be the catchiest? What's going to be? And then you could drop all the knowledge within the caption or within what you're saying. So make it good information. Like, don't make it crappy information. But at the same time, make it so that it catches someone's eye. And And that's what you really have to do. And be consistent. Consistency is everything. Absolutely. And I was going to actually ask you about that sort of split screen with the... Uh, anat- picture, the anatomy picture and then the video. So how do you do that if people want, wanted to do that or something similar? Yeah. I, if people ask me all the time where I get the photos, literally Google. <laughs> Google image what, I wanted, what I'm talking about or what I want people to see. And then I go into an app called Fonto and I put it together with the title and my Instagram name. And then I put the video together through, I mean, it's really, it's quite simple. It's whatever video app works for you. For me, I use Splice and Vaunt and, and then I pick stitch them together. So it's, it's. Oh, you pick stitch it together. I do. Ah, that's okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a process in terms of like all these different steps that you have to do, but it's really quite simple. And I've stuck to that simple model because it works for me. Um, for other people, like I have friends that are funny and so that works for them. The funnier that they could be, the more entertaining. They don't need the half anatomy picture because they get people with like their sound and their voice and their just how ridiculous they are, you know? And then I have another friend who he like really goes into editing very deeply and has, you know, the, the caption titles at the bottom of the screen and he really, he drops in anatomy pictures as he's talking about it or, you know, and so he, he does a lot more editing through an actual computer that I just don't have the time for, but I've found, you know, it works for me. It's what's continued to grow. And so I don't need to change it unless it stops working. Well, yeah, you don't want to change it if it's not broken. And, you know, like everybody says, simple is smart. So you so don't have smooth. to overcomplicate everything. No. And I think that's what people think. Oh, I need this nice camera. No, I shoot everything on my iPhone. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, I think if you're moving to YouTube and you're and that's a little bit more professional looking, I believe that you should get 
But honestly, if you're putting out something that's catchy, that's going to grab attention, that's entertaining, you don't have to make it as complicated. People will watch it. Like I have a girlfriend who was telling me that she put out a video about how to check for diastasis recti, and it was like way in the beginning. She had zero editing skills. She like literally went up, turned the camera on, like went back and, and kind of did it. And that one got over 200,000 views on YouTube. And it was really because of just what she was teaching. It, so clearly it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's really about how you're going to get your audience and engaging with what content, what people want to know, and and dropping good information. Yeah, and I think it's really important to note that you don't have to have the fancy $1,000 camera because I think when people look at videos, it can be a little daunting and a little overwhelming and then they'll say, oh, forget it. I just don't have the time or I don't understand how to do any of this or I have nothing to say. That's totally. a big one. I have yeah. nothing to say. But yeah. what I found is exactly what you said. The more simple you keep things or basic information, people want basic information. People like, don't even know basic information. That's exactly. And as physical therapists, you're in the healthcare space or whatever space you're in. If you're in the real estate space, yeah. I don't know anything about real estate. So exactly. I'm going to want to know real estate 101. Exactly. You know something that people don't know. And as much as you think it's so easy because you know it and it's like, no, everyone knows this. This is already common sense. It's not, I promise you, it's not. And that was one of the things that like I obviously got hung up on when I first graduated PT school. It was like, well, I'm focused on learning as much as I can and continuing to grow. And I'm such a new grad. What, how can I put out in any information that people are actually going to want? And so I got stuck in this like, mental thing of not being good enough. No one's going to want to learn from me. And, and I was scared as well. It was like, well, I follow a lot of mentors that I respect and people that I look up to. And what if I put out something that's stupid or that's wrong or, you know, and, and you get into this, this constant negative mindset that just like scares you away from doing anything. And what really changed, I, I went up and I was talking to a friend and he was like, you know, people already think that you're in a yoga space. So why don't you just gear it toward that? Talk about a yoga pose. You know anatomy. You know the body. Like, just start talking about it and see what happens. And so I was like, okay. And I think it was the first one I talked about was like how to open up will pose so it gets pressure out of your low back. And so I did a series of that and it like took off in that first week. I was like so amazed. I was like, oh, okay, people do want to learn. And I do have enough information that I could still tell people. And, and then from there, I started connecting with people I respect. And I started getting attention from my mentors. And I started building relationships from people I admired. And it only helped. It did not hurt. Right. So bottom line is know that you know more than the majority of people out yeah, there and totally. don't be afraid and get out of that negative mindset. But that still takes work. And before yeah. we went live, we were sort of talking about, because I asked, how do you, how do you get the confidence to do this? Mm -hmm. And how do you put yourself out there all the time? So do you want to kind of share with everyone the resources that you looked into and that you went through in order to do that? Yeah. I mean, in, in the beginning, so this was like a year ago when I first started it, I really just started. And the more you start, it, it starts to become easier and easier and easier. So you just have to do it. 
Um, and then when I was going to launch my program, I uh, got into a leadership program. And this was more on like emotional intelligence, really getting deeper into your mindset and where it comes from and all these other things. And through that, through having like realizations and breakthroughs and, and regaining confidence and on all these other things, it really helped me to just like step up, believe in what I'm saying, have the confidence and have, and like just be more of me so that people could see that. Because the more that you come off as natural, authentic, real, just who you are, you're not trying, you're not putting on a persona, people are going to want to know more from you. And so the more that I stepped into that, just the greater things became. And so people can do these emotional type workshops and really start to work on what's deeper because everyone needs it across the board, no matter what you're in. You know, it just, it helps to break you out of your shell, your bubble, whatever you mindset you grew up with. And, and no matter what field you want to go into, it's just going to help to open everything up. And I would also imagine no matter what, not only what field you're in, but also what, what stage in your career you're in. I'm sure it could be helpful regardless. Totally. Of course. Exactly. It doesn't matter whether you're just starting out or whether you've already been in it. I mean, we always should be wanting to continue growth and learning and whatever that's going to be, that's going to take us beyond. Because once you get complacent and once you get stuck, that's when things start to actually drop, you know? And, and I think what's great and what I admire about you too is that you've been in PT for years now, but you continue to say, what's next? What's, what can I do now? What is in the world? How can I help people bigger? How can I get, how can I reach more? How can I teach? How, to, how can I continue to learn in PT? And that's, those are the best therapists because I've been in clinics where people have been a therapist for 10 years and are doing the same thing with every single client and have just stopped learning, you know? So it's like, no matter where you are within your technical skills and then within your mindset, it's always going to be something we're continuing to strive for. There's never like a, I'm transformed, I'm good, or I, I've learned it all, I'm done. Right. <laughs> that yeah, even happen. Oprah can't say that. No. <laughs> you know, or the Dalai Lama. Exactly. These people who are at these levels, it's because they continue to do the work. It's never done. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about, you had mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago about your launch. So mm -hmm. let's talk about, talk about your program first, and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of the launch, what a launch is and yeah. how it works. Yeah. Well, I knew that there was something that I wanted to create. I mean, I wasn't just building this platform on social media just to build it because that's a lot of work to just do nothing. Or, and I also saw, you know, my friends and stuff who were being sponsored by all these different brands and it's great. They were making money, but once those brands go away, what do you have? Like you have to be building something to do something with, hopefully. And so that was always my goal. I just didn't know what it was going to be yet. And I noticed that every single time I did something that was mobility-based or that was teaching someone about mobility in general, um, those videos always did way better. 
And so then I started to say, okay, well, I, it's what I do with a lot of clients when I'm starting them out, you know, it's like, where are they restricted? Where are they not moving into that we can help to break them up? So then we can progress later. And so I said, well, I can give everyone a basis of where to start from. But so that's what I created. I created a toolbox because I also didn't believe that we all start off at the same place. There's different restrictions within each of our bodies, within every single diagnosis. You know, pains can be the same, but it be coming from a different place and a different cause. So I said, here, I'm going to give people a toolbox with all the tools that they can, they're going to have to go in and do the work themselves, <laughs> which a lot of people don't like, but you know, this is, this is what I believe in. And so I created a toolbox of something I believe in. And then the more, and then I, I pulled my audience too. And I said, what would you guys want from me? And literally everyone was like mobility. So it just kind of confirmed. This is what I know people like from me because it's what they like seeing. This is what gets the best engagement. But not only that, I confirmed it with doing a poll. And then I did a questionnaire on top of that where I said, I want to learn, I want to know more from you guys so that I know that I'm going to give you the information and the value that you're going to want. And that already kind of set them up in their mindset that something is coming. Um, and so that was like what Jeff Walker talks about being the pre pre launch where you, you give out a, a survey and you, and you know, and you talk to them and you say, I want to help you because then you're telling them I'm, I'm really doing this for you. It's not for me. It's for you again, mindset. And, and then you get to go deeper and to confirm what, what you already know is true. And that is exactly what I did. Mobility was across the board, the highest answer in the survey, in what I asked people. It just, it confirmed everything. Um, and then from there, I, I ran a free challenge. And that was all about mobility and gratitude. And again, set mindset. Because when I really pulled people back into, I mean, the mobility challenge was, I'm, I'm going to be, Frank, it's it's easy. It's not. It's a free challenge, so I'm it's not giving away. It's supposed to be all. easy, though. Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be something that everyone can follow along with, no matter what where you are in life. But the kicker of it all was that it was it brought everyone back to gratitude and appreciation for their bodies. I told stories about people I knew who had cerebral palsy that are amazing and live on their own out of a wheelchair. I talked about a young lady that I met who had JRA and you know, was still doing yoga and running and a, a funny, um, you know, comment she had made to a gynecologist who didn't know what to do with her. <laughs> and um, I just continue to reframe, like, do you understand what you just did with your body? Do you understand you just reached overhead and a lot of people can't do that? Or you just moved your legs? Like, you might think that it's terrible and it's bad, but have appreciation for what you have right now and what you're able to do and to move into because there is ways that you could still change and your body is able to do that and you can create that on your own. And so driving back and honing in on mindset was everything. Yeah. So showing people that look at the, look at, this is where you've gone, but there's potential for more. There's hope yes. for more. Yes. And that it's amazing what the body can do mm -hmm. when people are just given the instructions to use it. Yes, exactly. And that's all it is. That's so all it it's is. It's amazing how so many people need permission yeah. from an outside source to say, yes, you can do this. Right, exactly. Well, it's like, I mean, we don't want to take responsibility a lot of time. We want to say, no, this person's going to fix me. This is going to fix me. 
you know, and when it really is a lot of times, I mean, yes, we need, we need an outside source to be able to say an expert to be able to see things and, and, and instruct a little bit further. But there's a lot that if we just tuned in and we listened within ourselves that we could discover on our own. And people don't want to take on that responsibility. It's like eating food and you're like, oh, that made me feel crappy. I'm not going to eat it anymore. <laughs> if you just tuned in a little bit, you would be able to create your own diet and your own lifestyle, you know. But a lot of times we need that feedback from another person that's going to say, this is what's going to fix you. This is what's going to, this is the cure. This is everything instead of just doing the work for ourselves. Yeah. And as a, a physical therapist, I think a lot of PTs can sometimes get stuck in that mindset that they are the fixer. Yeah. I'm, I, they have to, I've had patients that I've seen that said, oh, well, I have to go back to this PT because she said that my knee was out and she took her hands and put it back in for me. And that's yeah. the only thing that'll make it feel better. And I'm like, no, exactly. again, it's just a no. But uh, I think it's, if you are causing your clients, your PTs, even your followers to be so dependent on you, mm-hmm. that's an unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And so if you can do like what you said you did for even this free challenge to help people get more confidence in their bodies and to think of themselves as not being uh, broken or yes. damaged goods, yes, exactly. that is huge, huge. Yes. So it's no wonder if you're able to do that in a free challenge the launch is going to go quite well. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was impressive. <laughs> you know, that makes sense to me. You had this free challenge. How long was the free mm-hmm. challenge? So I did a seven-day one. Um, I have a girlfriend, Lori Harder. She really helped me kind of structure it. She does a 14-day challenge. That, she's all fitness, so it's a little different. It's, it was like 20-minute workouts every day or something like that. Um, and she gives away $1,000 to a winner. At the end of the 14 days or At every the end day? Of the 14 days. And for my challenge, I gave away, you could either win an Apple watch, you could win a, a supplement uh, package from one of my favorite companies, or you could win a foam roller from one of my favorite companies. So I gave the option of three different winners, um, but you had, you had a post on social media. So in order to win, Everyone else had to post me. Everyone else had to hashtag it. Everyone else had to talk about it. I didn't. Smart. So then that makes, you're just casting a wider net. Yes. I was growing. Exponentially growing. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. I was growing a lot more that week. And and here's the other thing, because when I built up my social media, I did challenges all the time with other people, but we always posted it on social media. So that's great. You get some people involved, but anyone can then just see it on social media. But when you say, no, you have to opt in here in order to get the challenge, you put people on your list. So you start to build an email list, which is crucial uh, across the board, which I didn't know. So like a month, a month leading up to my challenge, I didn't have, I didn't have an email list. Oh boy. boy. I know. Isn't that awful? (laughs) I did not have an email list. I didn't have anything. I had so. But this is probably, good. This is good for people to hear. 
Yes, right? exactly. A lot of people don't have email lists and don't have all, don't have tens of thousands of people on an email list. So this is good to hear that you can do this. Oh my without God. having a list. Almost all my social media friends don't have email lists. They just think that they're going to sell a program because they have a, a social media following. And the thing is, people don't. First of all, who is really seeing your posts based on all your followers? Not that many people are seeing your posts, and not, people aren't going to your social media to buy. No. They're going to see free things. So you have to have an email list in order if you want to buy if, or sell. And so, yeah, I, I didn't know this. So I was creating an email list like three weeks before I launched, literally. And what really built my email list was doing the free challenge. And so I, I think I posted about the challenge like 10 days before. 10 days before and, the launch? Mm-hmm. 10 days before the launch, I posted about the uh, – that's when I started advertising. I used zero uh, ads because I didn't know how to do them. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I, I like, looked that's at the honest Facebook. And fair. I love it. I looked at the Facebook thing, and I even, like, went through and, like, wrote notes from an from a, um, interview I watched and all these things. Still couldn't do it. <laughs> so I just gave up on it. Um, but yeah, so I started marketing about 10 days before. I used Canva, which is a free Love app it. that you could use to create little fun marketing things. And I posted those on social media. I talked about it in my stories. I talked about it on lives and I got people to sign up. And I kept the opt-in for people to sign up the entire week throughout the challenge. So you could, I mean, you could opt in on day seven of the challenge and still get all the videos if you wanted. And that continued, I mean, and keeping it open like that is key because I got almost close to 11,000. Wow. That's awesome. Just based on having that free challenge. And then from there I used literally Jeff Walker's. Oh, and what I did is, so the challenge was hosted on my website but it was a URL that's hidden and you had to check your email in order to get the, the link. Got it. So if someone just going to go to, what's your website? Docfit. Uh, Docgenfit.com. Docgenfit.com. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was coming out of my mouth, I swear. <laughs> so if you just went to your website, you wouldn't see information for the challenge. No. no. So you had to opt in. Mm-hmm. And then you had, you had to click on that link in order to go to my website and see that day. And I had every day on a different page. Each challenge was on a different. So each challenge that was emailed out was a different yes. link. Yes. Got it. So then again, you get people, it's all about mindset. So you get people enrolled in seeing your email, starring your email. So it becomes a primary email and opening and clicking. I see. Because if you said the seven-day challenge, you can get it all on this one link, then that means that they wouldn't be opening their email each day and maybe reading a little bit, something different. It's not like it was just like, here's the link. Good luck. I'm assuming there was a little bit more copy there to make it a little more enticing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And it makes people look forward to those emails. Yes, exactly. And then in the PS, um, so even on day one of the challenge, I said, PS, guys, I'm going to announce something really exciting on day three. Led up to it again on day two. And in day three, I said, PS, guys, I've been listening to you. And I actually have a full program that's about to launch really soon. Um, it's all the mobility that you would need. 
um, I was getting emails back by people saying like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I thought I was like, oh no, people are going to be gonna like- You're going to hear crickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they're going to hear like, oh no, you just got us into this free challenge, you know, whatever. So you could sell. But really like it's all about mindset and you're giving and the more value that you give, the more that you'll receive. And I think people get scared of that too. I remember when a girlfriend was wanting to build up her social media and she's like, if I give out all my things and I tell everyone what I do, you know, who, then I'm not going to be able to have credibility anymore because it's all going to be gone out there. And I was like, uh, no, 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 no. I feel like it would do the opposite. Exactly. <laughs> the more that you like give out all your stuff, no one's actually going to put it together. That's the thing. Like I can tell you exactly how to launch. I could tell you exactly what to do, but you have to be able to put it all together and create something that is of value and is going to work and is going to follow the steps perfectly for someone to actually even do it. So it's like, give out information because it only builds at your credibility even more. People are going to want to know how you did it. Oh, you have all the information. Now I need to come to you and I need to, and I need to learn from you. And I, you know, so the more that you can put out there, the more that you'll get back. Yeah, for sure. So now you did this seven day challenge. You have people uh, signing in, they're opting in. Mm -hmm. And then is it, do you launch on day seven, day eight? Do you say tomorrow's the day, the doors are open kind of a situation or how do you do that? So I did day eight. I said, uh, you know, I announced the winner within day eight. On day eight. Yeah. Smart. Uh So again, open the email so that you mm-hmm. see who won, if you won. And then I announced that I have the program. Awesome. And what is sort of the back-end system that's helping you do all of this? I, I used, for my opt-ins, I used lead pages. And I even created, for my, for my program, I created my uh, sales page on lead pages, actually, because I didn't like the one on the platform. And for my ebook, I guess you could say I use Thinkific. What's it called? Thinkific. Thinkific. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like the old school way of cre- kind of creating ebooks was to use your PDF and then have like a, a, a password protected place on your site where people go in and they can log in and they can see um, the videos or your video would now you can have it all in one place. So think if it is just a way to payment is made through there, your, your landing page, everything is made through think if I can link to your site. So it looks oh, like cool. it's part of your site and it has all the videos and words and everything all in one place. So it makes cool. it really, easy. you just log in one site and you have the whole platform there. Nice. And what email marketing tool do you use? Do you use like ConvertKit um, or Infusionsoft yeah. or Active? So I was on AWeber. AWeber, and now okay. I'm switching over to ConvertKit. ConvertKit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, AWeber. <laughs> switching over. Yeah, I've heard really good things about ConvertKit. Yeah, so, so that's I. why I'm, I'm going there. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's important for people to understand that there are so many tools out there that we can use to make life easier. Yes. You know, so think if it can, and we'll get all the links to this and put them in the show notes for this page. So if people or for this podcast rather, so if people want to play around with some of the apps that you are using or, mm-hmm. you know, the email marketing system, because oftentimes if you don't know, you're like, forget it. Yeah, exactly. How's someone doing this? I don't even care. It looks too hard. Screw yeah. it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. 
you know, which is what I did for Facebook ads. <laughs> I was like, uh, nope, can't do nope. it. Yeah. And you know, Facebook's ads is a little confusing. I actually have an appointment next week with a Facebook ads pro. Yeah. To literally do like a screen share yeah, with that's me. That's what I did. That's what yeah. I did. So now yeah. I'm using them. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the way to do it. Otherwise, you know, there's so many tricks of the trade there. Yeah. That you just wouldn't know, even exactly. if you knew how to put up a basic ad. Yeah. Too many yeah, tricks. I mean, it's so many. And you can't just boost. Never boost. Yeah, yeah, post. no, no. No. I know yeah, you can't I, just boost unless well, you could boost if you're boosting to like your fans. So like if you have a Facebook fan page, you can certainly boost the post if it's specifically to your audience and just to you, the, the people who are fans of your page, if you want to try and wrangle those people back around to you. Um, that being said, if you want to do something that's going to give you a little more bang for the buck, it's certainly a Facebook ad. But this yeah. is, I mean, we're, we're talking to people who are not Facebook ads experts. No, here. Exactly. <laughs> you got to go through the whole business aspect of like the power editor and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, it's very complicated. I just did a podcast on it the other day. Super nice. complicated. It um, is. It's really complicated. It's really complicated. That being said, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money. Like the traditional ways of advertising are dead. Mm -hmm. You know, look at you advertise what mainly on Instagram, right? Mainly on Instagram. And you got 11,000 people to sign up for a free program. Now you have those 11,000 emails and now you can use your convert kit to keep those to keep communicating with those people. Exactly. Now, exactly. do you then send out a newsletter every week? Are you a monthly, a bi-weekly, a weekly? I'm a weekly. A weekly? Yeah. yeah. So I send one out every Monday. And that was the other thing. Like I'm telling girlfriends, like you got to, you know, you need a, a email subscription now. You need to be building up an email list, but you can't just build up an email list. Now you got to start talking to it. So on top of doing your Instagram post every day, now you have to create newsletters and now you have, you know, so it does get... It's a lot that you have to do. It's a lot. But I would imagine, do you sort of plan your, let's say at the end of the week or the beginning of the week, or do you sort of have a plan? Do you have like an editorial 52-week plan of everything you're going to do for the 2018? I don't. So I've been planning every week mm -hmm. um, for my Instagram posts and I shoot all in one day. Oh, smart. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Um, I That's would a good tip. That's a good tip yeah. for people. Yeah. But um, my goal for January, at least, because I am going to be traveling, is to get that all set up. Smart. For all four weeks. For all four weeks. So you yes. would do all... Now, on Instagram, you can't like queue things up, can you? You just sort of post it that... So you have to physically be posting? Well, there's there are different um, apps. I can't remember what they're what they're called right now. There are different apps that you could look up that will um, do your post for you. Um, I have an assistant that I just have her post if I'm, if I'm away or if I'm not going to be in Wi-Fi or something like that. So she'll help me out with that. I just have to have, but that does require you having the caption and the video edited and all that stuff already done. So right. I have a lot of work ahead of me before I leave. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it should be getting it all, you know, as, as much as you can do and writing it all out, it just helps. Absolutely. So For sure. Okay. So before we finish up here, what are the main points you want people to take away from what you've done, I think, very well as a new physical therapy grad, new-ish, 
newish. Yeah. You're not brand new. You've been out no, for no. a couple of years. It's not yeah. like you just graduated a month ago. Right. Um, but on the newer side of a PT and, and leveraging social media for good. Yeah. Um, so I would say start doing social media no matter what platform that is that you want to grow, whether that's YouTube or Facebook, or maybe you want to do both, you know, start now and be consistent with it is start reaching out to people, doing collaborations, and then start something free that you can give people so that you can get them on a subscription. Like if I would have started emails and had, you know, somewhere for people to opt in like three years ago, that would have been everything. Well, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because now you know. Now I know. And honestly, I still did a six-figure launch. So it can be done. It can be done. Awesome. Congratulations. And before we go, question I ask everyone, knowing where you are now in your career and your life, what advice would you give yourself as a new grad? Be open. Uh, learn from everyone that you can. And dive into social media because the world is moving online. And if you just stay in person, you're going to be left behind. Yeah. And I think that's great advice. So Jen, thanks so much for giving up a couple of hours here on a, <laughs> on a weekday. I really appreciate it. So thanks so much for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. And everyone, um, I hope you were taking notes because there's a lot. But if you weren't, <laughs> head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and we'll have the links to everything we spoke about today in the show notes for this podcast. And Happy New Year to you all. And I wish you all luck for a great 2018 and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.